T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome on Joe Giglio Show podcast, reacting to what else? Another Eagles victory, 25-20 over the Chicago Bears on Sunday. It wasn't easy. It was kind of ugly. It had some elements that we hadn't seen much of this year, but you know what it was? It was what every week is for the Philadelphia. It was almost every week, and that is a victory. Eagles moved to 13-1, and and now it's just a matter of time, whether it's this Saturday against the Cowboys or whenever, until the Eagles have the NFC East wrapped up, and of course, the number one seed in the NFC wrapped up. This team is special. Let's dive into all of it. Eagles win 25-20. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on the coaching staff, Jalen Hurts, the, the not so good and the excellent big picture, small picture. One thing I was wondering about him when we get to late January about this pass rush, which I don't believe we're talking enough about here in Philadelphia and the, uh, the debate already on this Dallas game, whether or not to, to sit the starters or not uh, and to start resting players. So let's just start with the game itself. And I thought the coaching on the offensive side yesterday was a little bizarre early in the game. Uh, you know, that wind and that cold was obviously impacting the game, and the Eagles did not play their best football uh, and didn't have their best football. So I'm of two minds here on the way they called that game yesterday. I felt first half that they did a disservice to themselves. They did a disservice to Jalen Hurts by throwing as much as they did, not not kind of just pounding the, the, the Bears at a submission. I, I thought that they... You know, Steichen and Sirianni kind of put Jalen Hurts in harm's way and, and let the game be closer than it had to be by trying to be so aggressive. I understand having matchups, but there's one thing at calling the game when it's 75 and sunny outside. There's another thing calling a game when the wind chills, you know, 10, mile, 10, 10 degrees and, and it's freezing and your quarterback's obviously having some trouble. He said it after the game, gripping the football. Now, did they have that information on hand? I don't know. I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts is communicating with his coaches in real time. My hand is numb. Um, he should if he's not, because that should affect play calling. If he is communicating that with the coaching staff, Shane Steichen, Nick Sirianni, uh, and his and Johnson, the quarterback coach, then then shame on the Eagles. Because if my quarterback's hands numb, I can't keep throwing the football over and over. It was choppy early. It was very difficult for Hurts and the receivers to get on the same page. Now, and I said this on the WIP pregame show on Sunday. I believe the matchups are so good in the Eagles' favor that just you know, just it's almost like a pinata. You keep hitting the, you keep swinging. Eventually, that thing's going to burst open. And I thought that with the Eagles against the Bears, however, however they wanted to play it, whether it be run or pass, I, th- I thought the dam would break. The pinata would break open, for lack of a better term, at some point, and it it, it it would work. And the Eagles did rack up 421 yards off it, so it worked. I mean, they they did what they had to do, and they moved the football. That being said, it was choppy early. It, it they put themselves out there for it to be a closer game than it had to be. And on the on the specific topic of Jalen Hurts and his durability. I thought, and and they can't control this always, but 
here's how you know Jalen Hurts will not take a hit, right? Very, very simple. He hands the ball off. Hands the ball off is like not getting hit on the play. You know, 99.9% of the time, he hands the ball off. That play will not result in him getting smashed to the ground. If he's passing, he gets sacked or he can run, scramble, whatever. If it's an RPO, he could keep it. Like, you know, a lot of plays, he could get hit. And he got he took some hits yesterday in this game, including one where his right shoulder was driven into the ground. So they have to think about protecting him. Like yesterday, 17 more carries for Jalen Hurts. And I understand a lot of those are are RPOs. A lot of those are, are rider, you know, rider or decide and, and he can hold the ball or not. Some of them are sneaks which are very effective for the Philadelphia Eagles like I understand that they're not sitting back there and saying we're going to give them 17 carries today the way you would a running back I I, I think we all realize they're not going to do that they're not trying to do that but the bottom line is this with three games to go and we'll see how much Jalen Hurts plays in these final three games Jalen Hurts now has 156 rushing attempts this season okay 156 rushing attempts for Jalen Hurts I just want to point out where that ranks and we you know as I record this we have one game left in week 15 um, Jalen Hurts this season at 156 attempts has the 25th most carries of any player in the National Football League. Any player. He's a quarterback. Uh, as I look at this list, there are no other quarterbacks near the top of this list. None. Uh, you know, now Justin Fields isn't far behind at 130, 143. Lamar Jackson at 112. He's missed a couple games now. Josh Allen is 109, but 156 for Jalen Hurts is an enormous amount of wear and tear in his body, and he took some big hits yesterday. So I thought the coaching could have been better on the offensive side. Defensive side, they're doing a good job. I mean, we'll talk about this pass rush and Jonathan Gannon, but offensively, I thought today was when they were a little stubborn early. They had a game plan. They didn't want to deviate from it. I guess they'll walk away and say, see, I told you so, because it worked to the tune of 421 yards, and and they were able to run away effectively late in this game with some big, big plays down the field in the passing game. And they did have 5.9 yards per play, so a good day for the offense. But I thought it was a little stubborn early, and they put their quarterback in harm's way, and this game was closer than it had to be. That being said, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. The good, the concerning, the excellent, and the big picture. Let's start with the concerning, or the not so good yesterday. Two interceptions. I thought Jalen Hurts early on was easily playing his worst game of the season. Easily. And I said that during the game. Then you look up at the end of the game, and Jalen Hurts had 315 passing yards. He had, you know, 61 rushing yards. He had three rushing touchdowns. When he needed to in the second half, he broke the Bears back with deep passes, and I mean beautiful passes down the field. I mean, shot plays down the field to both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. His legs broke their back. I mean, Jalen Hurts did not play a poor game on Sunday. You know, I, I don't care what the numbers are. He didn't play a poor game. Did he play his best game? No, and those interceptions can't happen. He had been remarkable this year not turning the football over, and he had some, some throws he probably wants back on Sunday. Now, one thing he said after the game, and I mentioned it a, a, a couple minutes ago, and I think it's important to note. I think it's important to keep in mind. I think it's important to talk about because the Eagles are very likely, if not certain, to have home field advantage. And it's cold. It is cold in Philadelphia late in the, in the season. It's cold. I mean, it's cold right now as I sit here doing this podcast at my home. Um, it's cold. And it's not going to probably get warmer in January. Now, I know the Eagles after the game said – you know, Chicago cold is different than anywhere else. Okay. And that's probably true. And maybe it won't be as cold here on January 22nd, January 29th, as it is or was yesterday in Chicago. But Jalen Hurts admitted he couldn't feel his hands and he was numb to start that game. It's it's quite possible that that is the weather or similar weather for an NFC division round 
or an NFC Championship game. Home field advantage is, is supposed to be just that, an advantage. Jalen Hurts is from Texas. Jalen Hurts played at Alabama and Oklahoma. I don't know how many cold weather games Jalen Hurts had ever played. And in fact, if my memory serves, his first game that he played extended time in the NFL when he took over for Carson Wentz in Green Bay a couple years ago, it was snowing. And I believe he said after that game, it was the first time he ever played in snow. So this is something we have to monitor. It's something we're, we're probably going to try to come up again. Can Jalen Hurts play his best football in the very cold weather and the elements? And, you know, I am encouraged that he settled down and he threw the ball very well down the field late in the game. So he obviously warmed up and he got used to it. But one thing I was wondering, and I thought about during the game, I really thought about after the game when he admitted how cold he was, I wonder if Jalen Hurts would experiment using a glove on his throwing hand in the coldest weather. Now, you know, not, I'm not talking about like 45 degrees, 40 degrees wearing a glove, but if it's 20 with a wind chill of 10, NFC Championship game Sunday, I, I think he should experiment with that in practice during the week. If he doesn't feel comfortable, whatever, then ditch it. But it's certainly something they have to consider. And then play calling wise, right? we saw what happened today. We saw what happened against the Bears. If he's a he's the kind of person or player or whatever that needs time to feel get used to the elements, then maybe that first quarter, next time we have a game like this, late in January in Philadelphia, they run the ball more early. They kind of ease his arm and his hand into the game because it was a clear line of demarcation. Whatever, whenever it was late in that second quarter, he started feeling fine and get used to the elements. He threw the ball well. But when he didn't, he was ice cold and he was off. I mean, his, his passes were fluttering. They weren't going where they needed to go. He also made a couple poor decisions on the on the picks, but they just he wasn't throwing the ball like we're used to this season. So that's something to consider, but a very strong finish by Jalen Hurts. His, his legs continue to be a difference-making aspect at the position. And now you look up, um, you know, today, and we still have the Packers Rams game as I record this, but it's not going to affect the MVP race. Those guys are not involved. No, no one from that team is involved, or either team is involved. Right now, my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, Jalen Hurts is still the favorite, minus 150 to win the MVP. Pat Mahomes, after completing like 90% of his passes yesterday and winning an OT, plus 150. Allen Burrow, 10 to 1. I actually woke up this morning eager to check the odds because I thought Mahomes would, t- would retake the lead. And the fact that Hertz is still in the, the you know the favorite status. You know, it's not really not a lead. It's voters, we don't know how they're going to vote yet. It's just kind of handicapping a market. It makes it gives me conviction Jalen Hurts is going to win the award. If the Eagles finish and, and have the number one seed, and let's say they win two of these last three games. Let's say they beat Dallas, beat the Saints, and he plays in those games. We'll talk about rest in a couple minutes here. But if he plays the next two, they win the next two, forget the last week. That's really going to be you know irrelevant. I believe about the best record in the league, though the number one seed in the NFC, and I think he'll be the MVP. Yet yesterday pushed me to believe the record and the true number one seed, best record in the league, best player on the best team is going to win the MVP. That's the way it has almost always been. Mahomes' numbers are off the charts. You know, now he, you know, we know he has more yards than, uh, than Hurts passing, more touchdowns passing. Passer rating is now kind of equal. QBRs, Mahomes, like completion percentage is kind of equal after yesterday. So, you know, it's depending on how you look at it. But I I, I feel better about Hurts winning after yesterday, assuming, assuming the Eagles continue to win. Now, I wanted to bring this up because I, I kind of thought about where we are in the context of Jalen Hurts and how much he's grown. Now, yesterday wasn't his best game. We, I think we all know that, despite him finishing strong at the end and putting up a lot of numbers and yards and the three rushing touchdowns. But if you go back now, you know, this isn't just this year. He started to play as, you know, better down the stretch last year in December as Eagles clinched the playoff spot. You know, he came back, he had the high ankle sprain. He played Washington, 
after missing the week as the Jets, played the Giants, and then played Washington again. Eagles clinched. He didn't play the last week. So if you add it together, 14 weeks of this year, the final three game, regular season games he played in December last year. That's 17 games. So Jalen Hurts has now played over the last calendar year a full, yeah, the equivalent of what is now a full NFL season. Here are those numbers. Okay. 16 and 1 win loss record. Completion percentage 67.1. Passing yards 4,181. Passing touchdowns 25. Interception 6. Passer rating of 104. Rushing yards 836 and 15 rushing touchdowns. Over the last equivalent of an NFL season, 17 games, Jalen Hurts is 16 and 1 with 40 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. I believe he's lost two fumbles in this frame, so you could say eight or maybe maybe it's three, eight or nine turnovers. Okay, 40 touchdowns, eight or nine turnovers, passer rating of 104, and over 5,000 total yards at 67% completion and a 16-1 record. This is, over a year span, incredible football week to week by the Eagles quarterback. Incredible football by Jalen Hurts now for about a year in the regular season. I don't expect it to stop. I think he'll have a better game and a big game against Dallas coming up on Saturday on Christmas Eve. All right, let's get to what I now believe. What I now believe is the biggest reason why the Eagles are in a position and on a path to win the Super Bowl. And it goes beyond the offense. It goes beyond Jalen Hurts. It always starts with offensive quarterback in the NFL. But the Eagles have something I don't think we've talked enough about this year. You know, when we talk about the defense, we complain about Jonathan Gannon in Philadelphia. We talk about them not blitzing in Philadelphia. We talk about process versus results. We talk about stopping the run. We talk about secondary and interceptions and all that kind of stuff. The one thing we have left out of the conversation this year, and it's silly to me, and I think I have a theory on it, but it's this pass rush. You know the Eagles right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, if you look at their, they have 55 sacks in the season. It's number one in the NFL, 55 sacks in the season, the most in the National Football League. And when you look at them right now and what they've been able to do and how they've been able to do what they've done, they have no team in the last 20 years, two decades in the NFL, has had more sacks, 55, through 14 games than the Philadelphia Eagles. We are watching one of the best pass rushes in decades decades at actually getting to and taking down the quarterback. You know, we, we've come up with all these fancy ways over the last couple of years, or maybe more than that now, to incorporate analytics into pro football. And it's great. And I think it gives us a better picture of, of what teams are really good, what teams are not, players, all that, coaches. I, I, I love uh, – more information is always good when we're dissecting this stuff. I, I like it as a fan. I, I like it as, as someone who talks about sports for a living. I love this stuff. But I think we sometimes get away from results, right? We're so process-based with sports now, results. So we talk about pass rushes, pass rush win rate, pressures, all that kind of stuff. You know what's better than all that? Sacks. Sacks kill drives in the NFL. They kill drives, especially as defense play more cover two shell, two safeties deep. You know, the Jonathan Gannon defense not giving up the big play down the field. Well, it's very difficult. So if you're going to have to go down the field methodically and your defense, your offense is not getting big plays, you know, if you have negative plays, penalties or sacks, you're dead because you just can't make up the, that yardage, uh, you know, over and over. And the Eagles continue to sack the quarterback at an elite level right now, 55 sacks. I believe the Eagles' pass rush is the biggest reason they're going to win the Super Bowl. The offense and Jalen Hurts and the consistency and, and the floor of this offense is so super high. Like yesterday, they had issues. They had trouble, no points in the first quarter. And then guess what? After all that, guess what? They sold 25 on the board at the end. 25. 
So, you know, that's the floor of this offense. Even when they don't play their best, they rack up over 400 yards, 25 points. They'll be in that range, 20-something points, no matter what they do every week. That's who the Eagles are. But it's the defense and it's the pass rush why I believe when we get to late January, they will make life very difficult for a young quarterback like Brock Purdy. They will harass a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. You know, they will beat up a Jared Goff if it's the Red Hot Lions coming in, you know, in, in divisional round weekend. They will get to and force turnovers on a guy like Dak Prescott, who, by the way, now leads the NFL in interception percentage after Fields didn't throw a pick yesterday. This pass rush will be the driving force to the Eagles actually completing and finishing a championship run. The offense will put them in position. It's going to be up to the defense to close somebody out. And when we get to Super Bowl Sunday, and I do believe the Eagles are going to be there, you know, it's going to be, it's probably going to be a special kind of quarterback. It's going to be someone who is a difference making quarterback. And if you don't pressure them, you will lose. You know, I go back to, you know, Pat, whoever it is, Patrick Mahomes, and the chiefs, or it's Josh Allen and the, and the bills, or if it's Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe it'll be one of those three teams against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl in early February. And I think back to recent Super Bowls, right? And why certain teams have won, certain teams have lost. Like we go back to the Bucks a couple of years ago. Tom Brady went to Tampa and he pushed them over the top and they won. Well, of course, Tom Brady was a giant part of why the Bucks won a championship. Just like Jalen Hurts, if this if this you know magic ride finishes with a, with a trophy, will be a major, major reason why. But why did the Bucks win that particular game? Because they got to Patrick Mahomes the whole game. They are pass rush dominant. I think it's going to be the same thing this year for the Eagles. That's why they're in this position. Go back to those Giants teams that won. Did Eli Manning play well in those games and was he make some clutch throws? Of course. Of course he did. I believe Jalen Hurts will play well in a Super Bowl and make some clutch plays. But they won because they pressured Tom Brady. You know, you go back to Russell Wilson's Super Bowl when they beat, when, when he beat, excuse me, the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. They pressured Peyton Manning. This pass rush is enormous. And I think my theory on why we haven't talked about it much this season is there isn't one guy. It's like no one's popping. Now, Hassan Reddick at this point really should be popping. It's, it's turning out to be one of the great signings that that Howie Roseman ever made. I remember being on the air, WIP, the day it went down. I was like, this is an awesome signing. But I, did I think he was going to play this well. I didn't. I mean, you go back to the last three regular seasons now. The guy's third in the NFL in sacks, only behind Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. He has the most forced fumbles in the NFL. Over the last three years, it, it's remarkable. He's the only player in the NFL this year with 12 plus sacks, four more forced fumbles, three or more fumble recoveries. I mean, the guy's been tremendous. Hometown guy coming back home. The guy's been great. But I think because they don't have one guy, there's no Nick Bosa on this defense, there's no Micah Parsons on this defense, there's not that one sack artist that has 17 or 18. We lose sight of how many they have as a team. The Eagles could have, if we get there, they could have, they could be, excuse me. The first team in NFL history to have four players get to 10-plus sacks in a season ever. That is really a ridiculous you know, a trait to have this. You know, in 2017, they had a really well-balanced pass rush, a really well-balanced you know, ro- rotation. But right now, they have waves of pass rushers. Reddick has 12, Hargrave has 10, Sweat has 9.5, BG 8.5. Look, Sweat's going to get a half a sack. In the next couple games. So Reddick, Hargrave, Sweat will all get to 10. They'll, I think that will make them the 36th team ever with three players, 10 sacks each. So really good, you know, all-time good, whatever you want to say. Not over the top, like not, they're not the first team to do it. But no NFL team ever having four players collect 10? That certainly could happen. BG could get a sack and a half in the next couple games here. 
this pass rush is absolutely incredible. And I believe game to game, it's, it's, you know, they have two things right now. Actually, I'll, I'll say they have, they have four things um, that you count on every game. And I don't know how the other team, even when they play the best teams, can, can really, can really account for all four and beat the Eagles because they have all four. Okay. They have the offensive line. They have the quarterback play and the weapons on offense that create a very, very high floor on offense. They have corners that can cover anyone. So when we get to potentially a Super Bowl and it's it's Jamar Chase and it's T Higgins, I like I mean I like the Eagles' chances with, with Slay and Bradbury, okay? And and then of course you have this pass rush. You have those four elements, quarterback play and the weapons to throw the ball to. You have you know an offensive line to block it up. You have a pass rush that is 55 sacks in 14 games, and you have a ridiculous, ridiculous secondary. It's all there. It's all there for the Eagles. And I believe this pass rush will be the biggest reason why they have a parade in South Philly in the middle of February. All right, a couple things. One, um, Brown Brown and Smith are a tremendous tandem. It's the best wide receiver tandem in any Eagles history. You look at Brown's numbers now, it's pretty much equivalent. A couple less touchdowns to T.O. through 14 games. In, in 04. I mean, I did. I, I love AJ Brown. I didn't think he'd have this great of a season. And then Devontae to do it as a number two. I know their numbers kind of uptick because Goddard's missed so much time now, but wow. You know, Devontae feasts on number two corners. I thought Jalen Johnson yesterday was, was a good battle at AJ, back and forth, back and forth, but he feasts. I mean, AJ feasts one on one. Devontae, number two corners can't cover him. It's a tremendous tandem. They really, really are tremendous and hurts trust those guys. So much. All right, quick thoughts. I'll be on WIP in the afternoon show, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this. I know it's out there. Ellie put it out there. Tucker put it out there. Uh, I am not in favor of resting the starters. I want to go beat the Cowboys. I want to clinch this all. I, I, I don't – I you know, I understand the odds and I understand the reality that the Eagles have three games to win one. Do they need to win the Cowboys game? They do not. If someone is banged up, would I force them on the field? No. But there's a difference between that and, you know, quote unquote, resting starters. You know, it's five weeks until the Eagles play their first playoff game. Like, let's, let's take a deep breath here. Okay. When they, on Christmas Eve, ready? Here's how many weeks until the Eagles' first playoff game. One, two, three, four full weeks, it would be. It'd be. So but let's just say, but let's, let's go with the rest route. Okay. If the Eagles rested a couple key starters, because they just figure they're going to win one of these games, and let's not force anyone on the field. We'll give them a lot of rest, okay? The equivalent, so they played hard and played to win on Sunday, December 18th. The next time the Eagles may have to play hard and play to win, like with all their starters and no consideration of rest or you know the full team out there, if they don't play this weekend, okay? If they don't try against the Cowboys 100%. The next time will be likely Sunday, January 22nd, or the 21st Saturday. We'll, you know, we'll see what the networks give them, Saturday or Sunday on Division Around Weekend. That's five weeks. It's five weeks. I, 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 There's a balance between rust and rest, and I know we'll get there, whether it's the Saints game or it's the Giants game. And I'm all for sitting, you know, everyone in that Giants game if it's all wrapped up. But I'm wary. I am very wary of resting guys for too long. You come out rusty or not fully kind of, Heated up for that first playoff game after not really playing hard for five weeks or playing at all for five weeks, and another team jumps on you, and then you're playing catch up. I don't want that in January. I I know how important health and, and rest are, but I think we're we're jumping the shark here. Nothing is clinched yet. Nothing. The Eagles have to go win a game to clinch it. Go win in Dallas, 
finish it there, and then you could strategically decide over the final two weeks of the season at home how you want to play it, how you want to give rest, how you play half a game, you know, half each, full game, then no game, three court, whatever you want to do. But that it is way too early, way too early for this rest stuff. It's not even clinched yet. I, I, my first thought is I'm playing everyone on Saturday. Hopefully. The Eagles have a clean bill of health, and they go to Dallas and take care of business. I'm back on WIP Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Always appreciate listening. Subscribe on iTunes. All the clips for the show are going to be there. Always appreciate everyone being part of the evening show live on WIP and the Odyssey app, or, of course, on the podcast feed anytime. Thank you for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.